You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Mr. Wayne Green. Yeah, hi. So Wayne, tell me a little bit about yourself and what do you do professionally? Uh, it's really underwhelming, actually. Uh, I live in a small seaside town in North Devon in the UK. And I work full time. I'm a, a lab technician at a factory. Like I said, very... Uh, very uh, boring, uh, but I play a bit of music on the side, uh, go out playing in the pubs, doing some acoustic covers, write a bit of my own stuff. And uh, I've literally just started a podcast about sort of six years, uh, six weeks ago, rather. And um, it's just kind of not too dissimilar to this, but, you know, just a couple of funny features and get some of my friends on and just talk about random topics. So I have to ask because you're also a lab technician and also a musician. Now, do you write songs or do you do any extensive research on why do you guys drive on the wrong side of the road? <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I can't really say too much about that, but uh, I've been to America uh, one, uh, twice. Sorry, I went to Las Vegas and um, I was blown away, not so much by the fact that, you know, you guys drive on the wrong side of the road, <laughs> but by... But you've got like so many lanes. How many lanes do you need? Oh my God, it's too much sometimes. And even then people still can't drive. Like you'll have one dude going all the way onto the third lane to the left and he's going like 20 miles an hour, like 20 <laughs> under the speed limit. And there's a dude in the middle that's like keeping up with him. And then there's a guy to the right that's going the same speed. So then you can't pass anybody. And you're just like, yeah. there's three, like, do we need to build another lane? Like, I, I don't get it. But like, it's funny because every time I podcast with an Australian person or a podcast from the UK or just another country, I'm like, why do you guys drive on the wrong side of the road? They're like, uh-uh, <laughs> you drive on the wrong side of the road. I was like, yeah, we're doing it wrong. Well, I guess so. I've just been so used to it. I'm like, right, this is the right way because we're driving it's, on the right side. It's just, yeah. I mean, when we went to when we went to Vegas, I had every intention to hire a car and, you know, go out to the Grand Canyon, which we did, but we did that on a tour. Um, you know, maybe go here or there. And I saw like all these lanes and I just thought, no, this is too much for me. I don't think I'm confident enough to do it. Wait, that but, was uh, your first time in America was Vegas? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've been twice. We were really lucky because um, my my fiance, she works at a place where uh, they did this loyalty thing. If your company spends X amount of money with this company, you're eligible for these uh, loyalty rewards. And it just, for a few years, it just happened to be flights and accommodation to Las Vegas for four nights. And we, we ended up getting these tickets twice. So we got to go for free, which was absolutely insane. Um, it's the only time I've been to America, but uh, lucky enough to go to somewhere like that. I wouldn't say lucky. I guess like probably <laughs> one of the darkest parts of uh, America, I would say. Vegas, you got the strip. I've been a couple of times. It's, it's a lot of fun. But it's also really, really different from basically everywhere else in the States, um, mostly because sexual stuff is just open to the public down there. Mm. Like there's strippers on the corner. I actually have a good story. They used to hand out um, 
I don't know if you know what Pokemon cards are or Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I'm a bit old old to have appreciated them, but I, my stepson was was into them. They have naked girls on cards down there, like Pokemon cards. And I yeah, remember being yeah. a kid, and my grandma took me and my cousins down there, and they were handing them out on the street, but they wouldn't hand them to you if you were under the age of eighteen. But some dude okay. just like I just walked up to him, I was like, "Can I get a stack of those?" He just gave me a stack of naked girls cards. So we're back in our hotel room playing Pokemon with them, <laughs> like go, yeah, blonde hot model, is twenty or twenty six years old with four hundred percent attack power, and then like <laughs> we were doing that stuff, and my grandma was like, "Uh." Uh-uh, just threw them right in the fire. I was like, damn. It's, it's crazy because uh, like after a certain time at, at night, you're walking down the strip and they're like flicking them on their, on their hands, aren't they, to get your attention. They're yeah. like, flick, 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 flick. And yeah, and like the next morning, you walk, you walk down the, the, the street and they're all over the floor, you know, before they, I assume someone goes along and picks them all up. But uh, yeah, they're all over the floor. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'd sign crazy. up for a street sweeping job if I was working down there, dude. You imagine yeah, right? in the morning, you just got to porn collection like people collect pokemon cards imagine having like a binder filled with just naked girls yeah you could make some money on ebay couldn't you it was funny because i was walking in front of my grandma when we were walking down the strip and i was like stepping on the cards and dragging them with my foot so she would be like <laughs> why are you dragging your foot i'm like no reason no reason she'd turn around and just pick up my freaking uh card that was under my foot and put it in my backpack my cousin ratted me out i was like no man like I'm trying to get on airport security and airport security like what's with all these cards in your bag i'm like shut up oh no well that's 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 uh you know that's commitment i like that now do you did you get to enjoy any of the sites like in vegas did you go gambling did you do uh i I went with my my partner um so i didn't get to do sort of all the clubs and all that kind of thing because we were we were mainly there more of a sightseeing kind of um trip uh but we went to the grand canyon which was absolutely fantastic uh, we went on a, we got picked up by a coach from the hotel and then it took us out. We didn't actually go to the Hoover Dam, but we went kind of, we could see it in the distance. Dude, that is a long trip. Yeah, it, it was. But the, do you know, the tour guide was so good. He knew, every, I, was, I guess this is why he earns his money, but he knew everything about everything. He told us stuff about the history, how it was, you know, founded basically. Some of the wildlife, some of the the mob scene. You know, um, he, he knew everything about everything. So it, it made the, the trip uh, kind of go quite quick, actually. Did you take a double-decker bus on through the tour? No, it's just a standard coach. But we, we um, sorry. So, because when I went up to the Grand Canyon at the first year I went, the, um, what they do when you go up to the actual Grand Canyon when you're going driving up the mountain, if you don't take a helicopter like some of those rich guys, uh, they basically take you on the school bus and it's the most uncomfortable thing in the <laughs> whole entire world. Like you're just getting bumped side to side. You're going five miles an hour up the whole freaking Grand Canyon. Yeah. It, feels like it takes like an hour and a half. And um, but on the double decker bus, when they're driving you around to get to the Grand Canyon, like to get to the actual place where they take another bus to take you up. And then when you go to the Hoover Dam, I was on a double decker bus. And the dude, like you said, amazing tour guide. I had this guy that was like the funniest dude, always made the trip kind of fly by. And it's not an easy trip. It's pretty freaking long. It's not mm. something like there's a lot to see and a lot to look at. Like if you like cactuses and all the range of cacti, <laughs> but it is a, it is definitely a trip. I remember going to the Hoover Dam and that was our last stop. And at this time we had been gone all day. I was like, can we just go back home? Like I want to go back to the hotel now. Which hotel did you stay at? Circus Circus. Oh, okay. So uh, we saw we saw that. Yeah. Do you know um what Circus Circus is? No, no, not not really. That is the spot to go if you got kids. 
because they okay. have an amusement park. I mean, a roller coaster on the second story of the building inside a giant uh -huh. thing called the Adventure Dome. So basically, we would just wake up at like seven o'clock in the morning out of our hotel because, well, I mean, earlier than that, we probably wake up like four in the morning because um, we're our time zone is different on the East Coast compared to down in uh, Las Vegas. Mm. And we just would go downstairs. See, we first of all, we would see these old people that were passed out on these vending machines. I mean, these slot machines, just like yeah, sure. still pulling the lever as they're just sleeping <laughs> on the thing. I'm like, that's crazy. But we would run around the hotel and then people were like, why are you awake right now? We're like, oh, we're not from here. So we, this is our time. We're usually up. So we would wait for the amusement park to open up. And we just go and play laser tag and all these things all day. It's, the, it's one of the coolest spots. That, and then when I went to go see um, Mandalay Bay, because they had the giant shark exhibit. Oh, yeah, we went to that, the, the Shark Reef Aquarium. That's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was great. Where you can walk through the tunnel. Yeah. And they're, they're swimming all above you. And that. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, we, we did that. Did, um, I see, my very first time I went, I went and saw 311 Live there. And that was something like, I was still young. I didn't know who 311 was. I don't know if you know who 311 is. No, I don't think I do. They're a pretty popular, uh, like, reggae kind of, like, punk band. Okay. And I'm I'm kind of like watching them like this is crazy like you know I'm at a concert right now and this like that's one of my very first concerts I ever went to but it was like Vegas had so much you know seeing the sign taking pictures in front of it and then they have In and Out Burger which is not something that's popular on the East Coast where they give you like these amazing burgers and honestly it wasn't that good to me everyone's always talks religiously about it I was like it's just a burger I mean it's weird that they got a foot long hot dog but <laughs> well I you got to bear in mind like in the UK. Um, you know, we've got our reputation, I guess, for being a bit sort of, uh, well, I don't know if stiff upper lips, the thing, but you know, straight laced maybe, uh, which isn't the case for, for all Brits, but somewhere like America is so big and just over the top in a good way that like you were saying about driving to the Grand Canyon and it, it being a long, long drive, that is such a novelty for someone like me uh, who doesn't get to see that kind of scenery. So I can look at that all day. Maybe for the the first trip, you know. So, um, uh, you know, it's it's a completely different landscape. It's a completely different culture to ours. Uh, you know, everything's excess, and um, you know, I love that. So, uh, you know, as far as the the drive to the Grand Canyon, could have done that all day because we don't get to see cac cactuses, cacti, you know, very often. And um, you know, I get what you're saying about Vegas being sort of the dark side of America. I know that's not real life. But it's kind of just like some huge, big theme park. And yeah, well, uh, you, know? you, get see, you get to see so much. First of all, going to see the Grand Canyon and then going in just to Vegas in general, mm. like they all have their beauties in their own way. Like <laughs> in particular, like I remember my grandma would, uh, she'd take photos, like everything, um, you know, like the M&M factory that was in Vegas, all these like wonderful, my cousin's all about like new popular shoes, the hot like new trends he's six months behind me so okay. he's all like he's got a closet full of shoes i'm like you don't wear any of them he's like yeah but i i own them i'm like okay well it doesn't make any sense so he has like a literally a legit closet full of shoes he was all about going to the gucci store and all these like hot brand places spending 400 dollars on a pair of shoes which i think is ridiculous yeah yeah but my grandma was always taking photos, the roller coasters, all the sites, trying to get as much memories as possible. But she was taking pictures of like, there was this giant black dude dressed up in a flamingo outfit. 
and like looked like a like like just like a girl kind of and he was just walking around like they call me big spanky and like my grandmom's <laughs> like laughing and just following her with a polaroid or following him with a polaroid camera i'm like you can't do that and she's just like this is the funniest thing i've ever seen i'm like see that's vegas has that type of um kind of imprint on you and then you go to vague or uh grand canyon and it's something completely different like watching like I know you get lunch on top of the Grand Canyon. Like you can get that little reservation spot where you can sit and eat. Um, I think that's where we went actually. Like the Wallapai, is it? Is it the Wallapai? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. And it's like you sit down and you get to look out onto the Grand. That's something different, man. Yeah. Like yeah. at one point, I, my buddy started climbing down the thing. Like he started uh-huh. trying to climb down the Grand Canyon. I'm like, stop, stop. Like you're, you're going to get halfway <laughs> and you're going to be like, wait a minute. This is a lot farther down than I think. Like it it might not look like it's that far down. Like you might Mm -hmm. be like, that could probably take me a good hour to get down there. No, 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 no. It's going to take you a lot longer than that. And I remember they asked us like, do you want to take pay for the plane ride or not plane ride, the helicopter trip to fly down there and actually land in the Grand Canyon? I'm like, Mm. I'm good. I'm good. I don't don't even like airplanes. We we actually did that. Um, we, uh, so we got picked up in, in, on the strip from our hotel. We stayed in New York, New York, and, uh, it took us to the edge of the, the canyon. And I think there were eight of us on a, a coach full of 40 odd people that had paid for the, um, for the helicopter ride. And, you know, we're not wealthy or anything. We just, uh, uh, do you get PPI over there? Payment protection insurance? Is that a thing? I don't think so. I mean, it, you're talking this, to a kid that doesn't have medical insurance. So. <laughs> okay. Well, there's been this big thing over here uh, over over the last so many years where um, if you're sold, a, if if you take out a loan or or some you know, a credit card, uh, there's a thing called payment protection insurance. So if you find yourself without a job, it, this thing covers your payments and stuff if, if you've got no income. But it was being missold by all these companies. So um, it, when someone clocked this, there was this big legal thing where you could actually claim all this money back that you paid in. And um, my my partner had got this payment back from this PPI claim. And that's what paid for our Grand Canyon trip because that wasn't part of the whole flights and accommodation thing. So uh, that was like a real treat for us because it just, that money came at a really good time. So we did that. We did the helicopter ride. Like I said, there were eight people of the whole coach that paid for that. And it was fantastic. You know, they, they ferried us off the coach, threw us on a helicopter, off the edge of the, the canyon, down into the canyon. We got on the boat and had a, a ride on the boat up the Colorado River with a guy called um, Nate, I think. And he'd moved there from California, I think. And they, him and his wife had just bought this, as he referred to it, patch of desert. And I think they built their own house there. And he loved it, you know. But uh but yeah, so we flew back up the top and we had dinner at that kind of reserve. But the something that was really interesting was the tour guide said to us that, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, is kind of just my my recollection of it, is that half their the what is it the Wallapai Indians that their part of the the Grand Canyon was given back to them so many years ago after it was taken off them hundreds of years ago by settlers or, or or the government or whatever. He said something like this and they were allowed to run it as they saw fit. And he said that there's two kind of areas. You've got the, the part that they run, which has got no railings and it's all pretty natural. And then the other side, which is run by the government or something that's got uh, railings and, and 
health and safety. I know the and, other side has a skywalk. Um, I went and did that one. It's I don't know well, if you did that one. You were down there. We actually went to it, but we didn't do it because the tour guide said if you've done the helicopter trip, then you've kind of had a really good experience. So you probably don't need to spend the thirty or so dollars. Yeah, it's 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 definitely like it's it's fun to kind of walk out, but it's really scary because they make you put like things on your shoes so you don't scratch the glass, and then you're just looking down, afraid to step, like you're gonna fall immediately, even though there's probably like eight layers of like really bulletproof glass. But yeah. I mean, it was a good experience since we didn't pay for the helicopter ride. But like, I can see uh, that would probably be the more of the government side of it. Um, it. When it comes to like the Native Americans, like they kind of monopolized on top of the Grand Canyon only because like when they got it back, they didn't keep it like this is natural land. This is like preservation. It more became like this is a way to get money too, and also yeah, right able to survive a little bit like i mean we just took our land and then just paid them in with casinos and stuff we really didn't even give them <laughs> yeah. a chance and they just monopolized on top of that like it's i don't know it's a crazy world man because like like you're talking about like with like that thing being an extra bonus onto your like trip like there was only a few select few of you guys in that coach ride that got to take that helicopter trip that's like having an easy pass for disney world like once you figure out you can get an easy pass that you can just cut in front of everybody in line and not have to wait a couple hours like mm -hmm. it just changes the game but it gives you that added experience when you hop off the helicopter you're like yeah motherfucker i did that like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um and, and you know we we've we got to go a second time but we didn't do the grand canyon the second time because we we'd already done it and and you know i could go and i could go probably once a month and it wouldn't get old. Something that was uh, just so mind-blowing for me was just how vast it is. You were saying about how long it would take you to get down there if you, you walk down there. Uh, you know, we've got nothing like that. We've got beautiful scenery here for sure, but we've got nothing like the Grand Canyon. And I was stood on the edge of it just looking, trying to take it in because I, I, I thought I'm going to go away from this. And if I don't consciously take in what I'm looking at, I'm going to regret it because I might never see this again. But I've never seen anything so vast and so just mind-blowing. You know, it was it was crazy. It's something I definitely took a couple pictures on as soon as I was standing there. But then I put my phone down and tried not to be on it the whole time because it was something yeah, I really needed to take in. It was definitely like one of those moments like you're like, there's two things that popped into my head. One was like, how is this possible? Mm. And two, like, it makes you kind of think of like, is there something else out there? Like, I'm not super religious, but like, I was like, this is a weird thing to like, it just felt like something that everything fit in the right place. And then you find out that it's when the earth plate shifted okay. and it just created the Grand Canyon, like it just shifted like the earth yeah. just after years and years and years just constantly and just created this. It used to be a, like a giant actual like river and stuff like it used to yeah, be. Yeah, sure. And like, that's why there's only a little bit of water left at the bottom. But I'm like, that was all from a shift. And then mm -hmm. like, it was just, you know, erosion or whatever it was. It just, it just went down. I'm like, you hear stories of that. And then you hear about animals still living down in there. Like you think it, there's no life down in there, but there's plants, there's coyotes, there's everything. Like just found a way down there to survive in this perfect little channel. And you see, it's like, damn, everything comes together. It was like looking at like a work of art. Like it felt mm -hmm. like this is like really crazy that all these just fit in the right place. Like it feels like any little blemish or anything you couldn't point out because it feels like it just naturally belonged there. Yeah. It's, it's definitely impressive. And, uh, it's, well, I don't know if I'll get to go back. Hopefully I will. I'd like to do sort of route 66 or something. I know that's probably a typical tourist thing to do, but 
Um, I'd like to think that I'll get to go back there, but if I don't, it, the experience that we had was uh, was <laughs> just just amazing. Now, when so, what as a lab technician do you really do? Like, what types of things do you work on in the kind of the factory industry? Uh, so it's actually an American uh, company. I don't know if I can mention the name because it's uh, you don't have to. No, no, no. It's actually an American company, but we uh, it's filtration. So um, we are, um, you know, we we make filters for the pharmaceutical industry and, and things like that. And what I do is just general tests just to make sure that there's nothing, you know, that they're not integrally doing their job, but that uh, there's nothing on them that can maybe uh, contaminate the products, the, the company's, uh, sorry, customer's product when, the, when they put it through the filter. So we just make sure, you know, that the, what we're doing isn't going to contaminate their product. So you're saying the pharmaceutical industry, like, so the drugs they're making, being able to use a proper filtration system? Uh, well, obviously, everything has to be filtered through something to make sure that it's pure enough to be to be used for, for you know, what? For, yeah, like the uh, FDA, Food and Dr yeah. uh, Drug Administration regulates a lot of our food nowadays. They have to do proper testing to make sure it's not going to contaminate or harm any individuals that are consuming it. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's you know, it's all that kind of thing. Um, we do we do all sorts of things. We we do filters for uh, beer. We do filters for air. You know, we've got two areas at the factory. We've got one that's um, pharmaceutical and one that's more industrial. So you know, um, but well, it's that's, that's something that goes in with what we're talking about the Grand Canyon. Because if you think about air being filtered, like people are like, "What do you mean filtering air? It's just air. You breathe it." I'm like, "No, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, no." There's a difference. If you go into a heavily populated city, like let's say New York or somewhere where there's a lot of people, a lot of people smoking, you know what is in New York that affects the people's lungs there? It was, it was smog or get car fumes or? Brake dust. Is it? Car brake dust because there's so many cars and there's no space to actually drive it. Every time you go one mile an hour forward, you have to stop a second later because they're just bumper to bumper traffic. It's yeah, really yeah. like too many people just shoved in a spot. So I have actually people that are from New York that moved here to my state and they, I work with them and they're constantly puffing down cigarettes just constantly all day long. I'm like, how do you smoke a pack a day and not have like this, you know, this, like they have a kind of raspy voice but it's like they don't yeah. ever like sound like they're dying like me after a cigarette i'd be like <gasps> yeah me too like out but them they're like no it's like because we're from new york i'm like what does that mean they're like because break <laughs> dust man i'm like what and it's actually a study they found that like if you live in new york after long-term exposure from break dust like i've talked to people that went down there for six months or something first thing they say is they adopt an accent but like kind of you know like that new york like hey yeah. What are you doing yeah. driving on the street? Like that type <laughs> of thing. But then when they come back, they're like, yeah, it was really different to breathe the air here. And I experienced that with my grandma because my grandma has um, asthma. So mm. being she lives out in the country, but when she goes into like the city or something, she'll need her inhaler. And then she'll like when we went to Hawaii, she didn't need it at all. It was just that there was no there was no need for it. Nothing. I'm like, yeah. there's something that people are glossing over that. You have to filter out your air too. There's like a part of the air that can be contaminated. It's yeah. I mean, it's quite scary when you think about it. Um, I, I don't suppose London's the same. I know London has got a lot of pollution, as have a lot of cities. But um, I've seen. I've never been to New York, but obviously I've seen it on films. I've seen TV programs and things like that. 
And, you know, you do see those streams of traffic that are just red light to red light, you know, all the way down the street. So it doesn't surprise me, but wait, it, it doesn't surprise me that uh, about the brake break dust, but it surprises me that that is the, um, you know, the, the main cause of pollution. It makes sense as well. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm from Ocean City, Maryland. So we have the benefit of having the ocean on one side of the, our town and the other side is the bay. So we're surrounded by water. So you're basically screwed when it rains because the water just raises up and then it floods yeah. the streets. But like, it's really strange. You wake up in the morning and I walk out my front door. And next thing you know, I'm getting hit with a like wave of just salt air. It's just oh, okay. like fills your lungs. You're like, wow, like it clears your sinuses. You don't smell yeah. anything. And then like, if I go to like a city, you know, if I go to like Baltimore or something, I'm trying to walk around. I'm like, it's like, it's like harder to breathe. It feels like I have a stuffy nose. I'm like, I, yeah. this is, this is different. Like you just don't notice it. And I'm like, I wonder what that's got to be like for some person that lives out in Australia and then comes here. Like it explains why like um, people in China, they wear uh, the, the little sick masks. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like they can't, surgical things. They can't breathe. Like they, it's, it's too much there. I'm like, this is where we kind of need to step back. Like it's pretty, honestly, you, you, you might belittle your job a little bit. I feel like everybody does, but mm -hmm. being able to think of like filtering things, like every job has like uh, something that's really actually interesting about it. I actually got this kind of thing. Someone said, they were like, you, all you do is review interesting people and you podcast with interesting people. I'm like, dude, my podcast is open to everyone. But if you look up your actual job title, like for me being in housekeeping or something, we, I just say housekeeping at a hotel, but the actual thing for it is like, like a professional cleaning advisor. And it's like this really long thing. I'm like, that makes me not sound like I'm in a <laughs> shitty position. Like, you know, it's yeah. like, and like, that's what I title it too. like the episode will be like your job or whatever your, your profession is. And it, it make, it definitely gives like a better outlook on your life or just job in general, which I think is definitely a good boost for people. But it's yeah, but I mean, it's interesting, man, because every job has like this one weird thing about it where like someone's like, what, like, you did, you did that? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've done various things in the past. I was in retail for, for many years and uh, managed to just a shop and things like that. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't actually start in the lab. I started on the shop floor. We have to wear these, we have to wear these silly, we call them Smurf suits. So, you know, literally just your face is showing because it's a clean room. It's all, you know, you can't take anything external in there because it could contaminate uh, the, the products. But um, I've only been, I've been at the factory for almost 14 years but i've been up in the in the lab for, for four so it's kind of still quite fresh to me but um yeah if i look up my my job description it's uh uh quality control laboratory technician which sounds amazing but i've got no you know qualifications for that i, I just came away from school with just normal qualifications i didn't do further education so um yeah it, it sounds a lot more impressive than it is i was looking at uh through some of your podcasts and stuff on um, on my phone last night, and I started to doubt whether I should do it. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so boring compared to these people." Oh my god! So I need to change the description then, because if you no, like, no, 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 if you hear them talk in the beginning, they're like, "I just work as um, uh, I just work in like housekeeping," and I'm like, "Okay," <laughs> and then I just actually look up the title of it, and it's like, "No, this is what your actual job is." They're like, "Wow, that is my job," and I'm like, "It was like it was really actually strange." Because I'm like, "I can figure like me podcasting with a homeless person." And I'm like, "So what do you do professionally?" And the guy's just like, "Well, I'm a professional um, minimalist survivor," and I'm like, 
Oh, you're, you're <laughs> minimalism. Oh, but you're not you're not saying you're just homeless. You're just you're a minimalist. Okay. Yeah, but I see, love that. That's great. It's a spin around for it. That's what I'm saying. But like, that's I, I tell people because I actually get that a lot. A lot of people are like, I don't think I'm fit for your podcast. You have such amazing guests on. I'm like, these are just average everyday folks. But that's what you're totally glossing over. Like, people send me their credits to be on my podcast. Like, I have eight degrees. I have this, and I'm like, I that does not mean anything to me. I podcasted with people from Reddit with the name Unicorn Fart Three. So. <laughs> It's like we all have something interesting about us that we just need to open up. That's what makes a person interesting. Like I, I'm boring and bland, to be 100% honest with you. I don't do a whole lot besides just talking with other individuals um, all over the world. And that's expanded my life so much because you learn so many different things. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate you sort of reaching out because you've got to bear in mind that I, I started this podcast probably, probably more than six weeks, maybe eight, eight weeks ago, something like that. And it was based on uh, just because I've got a reputation for just talking and talking nonsense. Oh, same here, man. Yeah, well, it's great. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it's a, I think it's a, a gift in a way. You know, I know people that find it hard to talk and to talk to people. And uh, someone we were, we were having a conversation and and about the theory that everyone's good at something. And I was talking to a friend, and I said, I don't really know what mine is. And he said, oh, maybe it's your music. And I said, well, I do my music, but it's, I, it doesn't come naturally to me. I have to try, you know. I said, talking's probably my, my thing. And I said, I'd love to have got into radio or something. And, and it's, you know, I, I'm probably too late in life now. And he said, uh, he said, why don't you do a podcast? Anyone can do a podcast. So I had to think and thought, okay, what would the format be? And people seem quite entertained by some of the, the silly com- random conversations and my... Um, my, um, you know, like my outlook on things. So I thought uh, that's going to be the format of, of my podcast. And um, so I did it and it's all all just really new. But um, for you to message me and say, you know, are you interested in doing it? Uh, and I get a lot of spam on, on uh, Instagram. A lot of people that are just reaching out or putting a comment. I don't know if you get the same thing, just to make themselves visible. Yeah, cause uh, it, well, the problem is this is I face doing that because what I do is I look up the hashtag um, podcast. I look up the hashtag Australian podcast. I look up the Australia UK podcast. I look up basically anything that's a hashtag. It has to do with like bloggers, lifestyle, story people, just okay. talking in general. And I'll look through and I'll comment on like just podcasts. Like obviously ones that I see, usually ones that are starting out and usually ones that I see like some potential in and I'll comment on them like, hey, you know, I do this podcast. You want to come on, and that's the, that is a that is kind of selfish in my own way. Like, but I do care about everybody I do have on. Like, I remember everybody's story. I could name every single episode, what number they were on, and what what they do, um, because it's all about taking time to have conversations with people. But the problem is, people then message me like, "Hey, I can give you ten minutes of my time. I got this thing I want to promote." I'm like, "It's not. It's not that." It's, no. it's not something I've turned down people that just think they're in high regards. Um, okay. mostly because it becomes this ploy. We live in a world where people just want a piece. They want something to piggyback off of. Nobody mm-hmm. just wants to take the time to just shoot the shit anymore. I'm like, feel free. I want you to be as real as possible when you get on my podcast. You don't have to have anything going for you, but we can just talk. Because even that sense of relaxation for an hour, two hours, however long it lasts, it's an escape. But the problem is like people really, really want to 
grab a piece of what you have and then try and piggyback off of it. Like, let me promote this book I wrote. Let me promote this I wrote. Let me promote this. I'm like, we can, I'll give you a minute at the, you know, to promote it, but it's not going to be the focus of the thing. Well, you know, I, I don't know, man, I, I got to get this promotion out there and give you 20 minutes of my time. I got back to back interviews today. I'm like, dude, I, on my days off, I can record 10 of these suckers a day, but I, blank out two hours of time for that specific person because I got to give you my full attention. Yeah. But from, from my point of view, it's great because I, you know, I did a podcast yesterday with um, just a woman I, I work with and she runs a small business and she went to this kind of um, seminar uh, thing recently and they were taught, giving people advice and they did this big thing about self doubt. And we talked about that on the podcast because um, and how, uh, detrimental it can be, you know, you start thinking that you're not good enough for this, and you're not good enough for that. And I had a bit of that for this, because like I said, I was a bit like, well, what if I haven't got anything to, to contribute to the podcast and, and, um, you know, uh, and all that, but it's the, the, the way that you do it, that's so casual and it's just a chat was probably the thing that, uh, convinced me to do it just because I thought, well, do you know what? It's, it's literally just me chatting to someone else on the other side of the world, which is really cool for me. Yeah, if we were just having a cup of coffee or something and yeah. enjoying a little like side street chat. I always just, I definitely need to probably fix like maybe the description of my podcast. But, like It's just like if we had a coffee or something. But I just tell people, it's like, it's just everyday conversation. I mean, it's one-on-one mostly because you get two people uh, or something like you get three people in a room, it tends that someone keeps trying to like just give answers, not really rather than questioning or just talking, it just turns into like yeah. this, unless you have like a really good relationship. But like, it's easy just to shoot the shit. I mean, especially like for me, it's it's six o'clock in the morning, my time. So it's definitely probably like later in the day for you. And it's it's completely different. But this will open you up to a whole new thing. I mean, I started my episodes in the beginning was all handheld recorder, a little zoom recorder okay. I used to do in person. So I was doing interviews with people that are in my area, just like conversation, shooting the shit for two hours, I invite them over, I'd go to them, you know, and it was difficult. And then I found this way. And I'm like, this expands the category to farther out than my state this expands it out to the world you know i podcast with people from brazil i podcast with people from uk australia um ecuador I, surprisingly i have a large audience in india oh wow i don't know what i'm saying down there that where it's getting traction <laughs> but i you know benefit to the people so how how did you get into this? And and oh, firstly though, your um your description for the podcast is fine. It it was scrolling through the episodes and seeing the people that I think there was a DJ or something and, and all this. And I'm thinking, wow, you know. But the the actual description is fine because it it is exactly what you do. You know, just random topics. Where it goes is where it goes, and and that's great. But how did you get into podcasting and and why? What what? So I actually hit kind of close in relation with you with how you started your podcast. My whole family is musicians and broadcasters. So okay. uh, it was just natural. I guess I fell into this like for a while. I was I mean, when I first started, I was like listening to Joe Rogan all the time. I'm like, damn, like I've been listening to this guy for so long. Like I might as I want to start a podcast. I want to try this conversation type thing. I think I'm, I was always a real good talker. Plus, I was introvert for really, really long after high school. I just okay. felt like being called annoying too much because I'd always be like the class clown. I was like, man, it's just best to blank off from people and just get out of there. And then like, I had a buddy call me up, uh, who's on my podcast and he was like, Hey man, like, I know we haven't talked since high school and like lunch class. We just sat together and that was it. Like, you know, that was all we just had lunch. 
And um, he was like, I know it's been five years, but I'm on top of my roof right now. And I'm pretty drunk. And honestly, I don't feel like I should just want to go on anymore. And at this time, it's like one o'clock in the morning. So like, as soon as he called, I was about to say like, man, you call me back. And then he said that. And I was like, dude, I'm experiencing the same thing. We're both in our 20s. It's getting to the point where it's like, if you're not going to the bar, you're not having fun. It's just becoming work. It's becoming, it's every, everybody sees it in their life. You know, you go to work and then you come home. You don't want to go do anything. You don't want to hang out. You don't want to, you know, you get comfortable. And I told him, I was like, after we had talked for a couple hours and he was like, thanks, man. And then I ended up having him on my podcast and we talked about it there too. But it's like, I, I, people need to talk. We need to socialize. Um, I could have did this podcast around the fourth episode I released. I could have done my own radio station broadcasting thing on my dad's radio network. But I was like, now I need to do this myself because once somebody gets butted in, uh, they start to monetize it. This is where this is where me and your podcast will relate because yeah. it's just conversation. Um, it's about anything and everything, basically. But when yeah. it- do like a certain podcast they have specific audience target members i've been people that i've invited on here that are like we don't like your format i'm like what's my format what's wrong with it they're like you are open to everything you don't just narrow down on a topic you give me a topic i'll come on i'm like the topic's you then the topic's our conversation what what else would you want me to say do you want me to find i can do a specific one i mean i did this for so long i just actually restarted back up one of my older podcasts um that that was it was about the first month i did this one um i post this one every day but uh my other one was more specific topics so i would have you on again and then we would just in three hours or two hours however long you had we would just shoot like i pull up just topics you're interested in and we'd shoot like for an hour on each topic and we would just i had a whole binder filled with like notes on like things like my buddy wanted to know the history of um cornflakes and it turns out it was invented in 1945 to prevent masturbation like we would have never known that but it's just us shooting the crap on the topic while actually learning about it because i found out when you do a topic where it's just conversation it goes anywhere that's fun but then if you do a narrowed down one that gives the audience kind of a view of what to do and so like this one's out of the blank literally meaning out of nothing then fill in the blank was the opposite like filling in the blank like i'm okay yeah Play on words. I know I'm kind of dumb. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it, it's good, and and it's that's interesting because uh, I like how you're so uh, honest with it, and you know you're doing it for your own reasons, and and I'm doing mine for my own reasons. But I've got to admit, I've kind of uh, because I'm putting it out to people that I know. I've kind of someone said to me, if you want my feedback on your podcast, I enjoyed it, but I feel like you've limited your audience to people that know you or your guest. And I thought about it, and I thought, yeah, it's it's true. Um, it's it's all random topics with a couple of funny features in, based on um, convert, silly conversations we've had. And I thought, Do you know what, that'd be quite funny to have on on the podcast. But it's kind of made it hard for me to reach a wider audience. And without, you know, I, I'm not doing it because I want anything out of it. I just want people to listen, and the more people, the better. But at the same time, uh, I'd rather have ten people that enjoy it and listen to it. Than, you know, maybe loads of followers on Instagram that aren't actually listening to the podcast. But I've been actually thinking of changing the format up to a specific topic. Ironically, after what you were just saying, because my probably one of my biggest passions is movies. I love movies, 
and I could talk about it all day. And I was thinking, okay, well, maybe if I do it just about movies and have a, a, a different topic each episode, you know, like um, sequels that were better than the originals, et cetera, that kind of thing. Maybe people that don't know me would just see it in the categories for movies, uh, uh, you know, or entertainment. And think, okay, I'll give that a listen. So I'm actually thinking of changing it up, but there's a part of me that's a bit like, ah, oh, as much as I want to do it because I love movies, I like the format that it is at the moment. But um, if if there aren't many people listening to it, I've got to wonder if it's worth the time and effort editing it. You know, getting someone around. Well, I don't even edit my podcast, to be honest with you. I did the first couple, but I was like. I was doing it on my phone at the start because I used to have okay. iMovie on my phone and I actually used to record it through um, my phone. That was difficult. Uh, it was like, oh my God, this is taking me hours and hours, especially doing something on your phone that's meant for a computer. It was, it was way too tasking. So mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just going to post it up there. If you hear a cough, if you hear whatever, I don't care. Um, it's going to yeah. be natural conversation. I don't edit out curse words. I don't, it's, it, it's about having a real conversation. I'm like, we already live in a world where people are suppressed pretty bad when it comes to just acting. We have to act like a gym that works nine to five. You have to have a job. You have to do all these types of things. I'm like, no, you're supposed to be what you want to be. Um, not supposed to harm anybody, obviously, but you're also yeah. supposed to want to live your life the way you think that you should be living. And that's what I wanted to show people. Like, you know, I curse in my everyday life, so I wasn't going to hide it from my podcast. I mean, yeah, yeah, keep it real, kind of. I have my grandma listens to my podcast. And she's like, <laughs> you curse a lot in your podcast. So I'm like, yeah, well, I curse in my everyday life, but I don't need to be dropping the F word when I'm eating grandma's pancakes. You know what I yeah, mean? Exactly. And yeah. it's like, I know a time and a place. Like, I don't just walk around and be like, hey, you know, you're this fucking guy. Like, I don't go around doing that. I'm, I'm an average person, but like, I, I don't see stigma and cursing because I'm like, it's a stress relief, first of all. Like, yeah. if you just say like, oh shit, I missed the bus or I missed the cab. You know, if you say something like that, it's a little bit of stress relief off your back because I think a lot of days now people don't problem uh, solve very well. We get overwhelmed and then we think that problem's going to be around forever and we're never going to get over it. And it makes us really hard to try and survive. Yeah, uh, I, I totally agree with the swear. And it's kind of, um, it seems to be just the natural thing to do you know, you, you smack your head on something or something annoys you or, you know, it's it's instinctive, uh, you know, whether it's right or wrong. But, um, yeah, I don't really edit swearing out of my out of my podcast. Um, you know, I, I know some people that, that swear more than others. And I guess if I had someone on and they were really, you know, effing and blinding, then I'd probably edit some of them out. But, uh, you know, yeah, you know, I, I, I like what you're doing as far but it, as far as it's. 100% from start to finish the conversation. I appreciate uh, that. I like a lot of the stuff I was looking at in yours. I mean, I, I've listened to probably the, I, I don't, I'm not even going to try and pronounce your episode <laughs> two. Um, episode, oh, Lamosa. Lamosa. Okay. So that is a proper pronunciation. But yeah, well, that, uh, that one was interesting. And then the flat earth one, Cats in Space, like you're, you're already kind of doing like a narrow topic thing. But I think what you're doing is a little bit like what I did with, um, fill in the blank a little bit we just it's it's a topic that has a name and has a description but yeah. it's our thoughts on it and our interpretations on it like i'm reading facts in front of me and my buddy is just coming in and learning about it for the first time so we're talking okay. about we had an episode i still need to post i'm on it like i have like 80 of those episodes just on my computer relaxing because i'm like i gave up on that podcast because i started doing this one yeah 
And um, well, I started like this one was like maybe going out once a week and then it bumped up to once every like day because oh, I started, wow. I found this way, Zoom, to use uh, recording so I can record with people every single day. I could record like maybe five or 10. Yeah. And before it was like I had to schedule people to come to my house and people are known to be flaky. So I would, I would have like four back to back days where I'd have people come over and then be ready for it. And then I'd be like, try and plan stuff out. And then last minute people like, sorry, bro, I'm going to the bar tonight. Sorry, I'm doing this. It's like, Oh, now I don't have any episodes this week. Yeah. That's when I started back this other thing where I could go to my buddy's house and I could just be like, so what do you know about Christmas in Nazi Germany? And he's like, (laughs) what? And I'm like, there was Christmas in Nazi Germany where they literally took out jesus out of christmas and but they could they couldn't take out santa claus hitler there's a picture of him with a little girl making christmas cards and it says christmas in nazi germany and on the front of the christmas cards were giant nazi symbols they literally took out the little cutters of gingerbread men and they used soldiers as the cutouts and they used like modeled airplanes that were bomber fighter jets and they had little swastika cookies like nobody talked about that for two years in Germany. That was a thing. And me and my buddy are talking about it. And he's like, you think those cookies tasted good? And I was like, it's just like, that's the whole, it's the whole thing. That's what I think you'd probably like to do. Like if you really wanted to switch it to like maybe a certain topic, you still shoot the shit on the topic, like still crack your jokes, still be able to go wherever you want. If you want to tangent off into something else. I mean, I did a one called, uh, I've done so many government project ones on fill in the blank because i always love how we like we tried to blow up the moon we tried to do a bunch of stuff <laughs> so i'm like me and my buddy are talking about it. he goes imagine if we just decided to launch a nuke at the moon i'm like yeah um, how thoroughly thought out would that be he's like then there's just some dude on the moon that's like stranded and he just sees a nuke coming at him he's just like, <laughs> fuck like like it's like it's like talking like that it creates a good sense of i mean because what podcasting is it's it's meant to be a form of relaxation. It can be a learning process too, but it's definitely a way to get people to connect to other people again. Yeah. Um, as something that I'm always really conscious of, um, and I know everyone sees themselves differently to everyone else is that I don't really know a lot of facts on a, on a lot. It's all, I've got a lot of opinions on things. And when I read something or hear something, I remember a certain part of it as opposed to all of it. So I don't, feel that I'm kind of really qualified to talk about uh, a lot of things, um, but, which is why I always say on my podcast that it's just my opinions and, you know, whether you agree with them or not, it's, you know, up to you. But um, yeah, the reason I thought that maybe I'd do it about movies is just because, again, it's, it's, it's not a lot different. I don't know everything about movies, but it's something that I'm really in, interested in. So I do remember a lot of things about them, you know, and, um, and, and I've got a, natural enthusiasm and i know that i could hold a conversation about movies but yeah well, what, uh, what, what types of movies though because you're, you're i've podcasted with uh people like that one dude chad you were talking about he does um the fresh tomatoes podcast so he does yeah, that's cool optimism in uh movies that usually get a shitty review then i podcast with people that do horror podcasts i've uh, one guy, Nick uh, Manasatoas, uh, he does one called Here's My Take. And it's basically, he's a film director himself and he studies film. So he okay. looks at the aspect of the movie and all the things that comes together. So what would your kind of narrowing down on movies be? Uh, I don't know if it would be so specific. Uh, it would just be each episode, I guess, would have a topic about movies. I 
I just like all movies. There are some that I veered towards more than others. You know, I like sci-fi, um, horror, uh, comedy, action. There are some that I don't go towards uh, as much. I should probably watch, if I was more cultured, I should probably watch more foreign films. I, some people tell me, oh, you should watch this film, it's great. And it's subtitled and instantly I'm so lazy. It could be the best film in the world, but I'm like, oh, I've got to read subtitles. And it's really lazy, I get that. Um, but I just, there are certain films that appeal to me more than others. But then I can be passionate about things like, um, okay, Predator is one of my favorite films. Okay? Oh God, dude, I had a bad story about Predator, man. I was at my hotel, not to cut you off, but like a month no, no, ago. And this, some dude brought his bike up into his hotel room and I didn't know. So I'm at the elevator and I'm waiting for the elevator and around the hall. So I can't see who's coming down the hall. All I'm hearing is the bicycle click, like making the predator noise, like <laughs> going down the thing and I'm hearing it. And I'm like, this is, I just saw the movie like the night before. And I was like, this is where I fucking die. And like, he, he comes around the corner with his bike. He's like, how you doing? I'm like, dude, you just scared the shit out of me. He goes, why? I'm like, that sounded like predator coming down the hall. And he goes, what, what my bike? And he starts going with his bike again. He's like, oh my God, dude, I bet you got scared shitless. I was like, yeah, man, I was thought I was done. I thought that was it. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, I, I, I mean, the first one's my favorite. The second one was pretty good. Um, the then you had the alien versus predator films they were okay um you know but then they did well, predators wasn't it which i think was the third one with adrian brody where they get dropped in onto the actual predator planet that was thing. my favorite one dude really to be honest with you uh it was okay. just it was really really badass the amount of casting they had for that yeah the, the thing i did like about that is that the i think it was um was it robert rodriguez i think directed uh, directed that and he, I got the feeling that he was a real fan of the first one and tried to pull it back to that kind of thing, you know, that was popular about the first one. Uh, so that wasn't too bad. But then I heard that The Predator, the last one that came out, I think last year, was coming out. It was written and directed by Shane Black, who was Hawkins in the first one, the guy with the glasses. He gets killed first. And, he, you know, he did, um, I think he wrote Lethal Weapon and all that kind of thing. So I'm thinking, great, a guy that was in the original film is writing and directing this new one. Uh, he's going to pull it back. It's going to be the best Predator film since the original Predator film. And I hated it. It was just, it tried too hard. It had comedy in it. And it, it was just a complete uh, example of what films have become now, I think, where they're trying too hard to do well at the box office rather than just let's make a really good film, put it out and see what people think. It, and it really frustrates me that so many films are getting my hopes up and disappointing me. Well, that's a that's a problem that's going on a little bit when it comes to capitalizing on the market. It seems like Disney and all these mm. other main producers are kind of owning the market by buying out other people now. Uh, it's I, I do like a lot of their movies too, but it's some of my favorite movies are the ones that are independent films that kind of okay. go out by an artist that doesn't have a lot of advertising money where it's like, how did this show up into the theaters and I not see a commercial for it? I was seeing the commercial for Moana or some other Disney movie. Yeah. It's like, where was this trailer for this awesome movie? And the guy's like, he didn't have the money to capitalize the market. Disney owns that now. I think it's turning into like how Amazon now owns literally like has literally basically annihilated bookstores 
you know? Yeah, sure. And then also Blockbuster, like Netflix completely dominated the market on that. And now you're seeing Amazon's now doing video. They're now doing Amazon Prime where you can do yeah. like Amazon Video and all this type of stuff. And it's like, Netflix is like, fuck, you're, you're, you're going to turn us into Barnes and Noble where nobody's going to want to come and like stop here anymore. Yeah, I, I do a thing on my podcast. Um, you know, sometimes it, I get a hit on it. Someone watches a film after I recommend it, but I do a, a movie of the week and a song of the week as part of the podcast. And the whole point of it, it, some of them might possibly be bigger films, but the point is I've seen some really good films that aren't necessarily blockbusters or particularly well-known. So I just do a little bit of a, my movie of the week this week is this, and the whole point of it is to try and make some of these films that maybe didn't have a massive audience because they weren't, you know, uh, financed um, hugely or or whatever. Uh, just trying to shine a spotlight on it because I, I've seen some films that I, I really like, and I'll talk to someone and say, "Have you seen this film?" And they're like, "No, I never heard of it." It's like you've got to watch this film, and you know, I'm not talking really obscure films. I'm just talking films that maybe weren't blockbusters, you know. And um, I, I try and make a point of making my movie of the week a film that isn't a blockbuster because everyone's seen the blockbusters. Everyone's seen those big films. Well, it's it's hard to like kind of put your faith in, you know, something that you have not heard a review about yet. Yeah, yeah. But I tell people like, man, when I go somewhere and someone's making my food for me like chipotle or some type of like where you have to actually pick what you want on there i just put my faith in the person i'm like make it They're like what do you want chicken do you want steak i'm like what if you looked at me right now what would you suspect i would want to eat and they're like i got you and i'm like you got me i'm putting my faith in your hands that is a risky roll of the fucking dice to do at yeah. any type of establishment but I sit there and if it tastes like shit while I'm eating it, I'm like, I will. It didn't matter because I gave him my faith to do that. And he, he did, maybe he let me down, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Most of the time yeah. I'm sitting there eating and I'm like, it's still, it's good. Okay. I'm still going to eat it anyway. It's like, sometimes you got to do that in life because you end up just, if you constantly like for me trying to point out to you at Chipotle, I feel like an asshole. If I go, okay. I've only eaten it once, but if I'm at like some type of Wawa or something, I'm like, I want this, I want that, I want so like at Subway, I'm at this, I want that, I want that, I want this, I want this. I'm being an asshole because I'm, I know that's your job, but I don't like telling people how to make something for me. I'm like, yeah. just do it, do it. You make fucking sandwiches every day. You know what's good shit. You might not know what I like, but you know something that's good. So just let me try something. It's a good way of trying something new. You know, yeah. it's what you can do with films. You know, I see movies all the time on Netflix and I'm like, ah, it doesn't look good. Ah, it doesn't look good. Ah, it doesn't look good. But then I click on it. I watched a Chinese uh, sitcom show where it was all in Chinese, but it was um, subtitled. And I'm like reading the subtitles. It's all super, super idiotic slapstick humor. Obvious stuff. They add like little side effects to it. Like one girl bends down in front of a guy and this older dude's like looking at a newspaper and looks over and sees her ass and looks up. And then you get to see like they draw the dotted lines like coming out of nowhere, like a cartoon <laughs> pointing at the girl's butt. Like you can tell us where he's looking at. And then she would like sway left and sway right and then back up a little bit and then go forward. Yeah. And his, his head would go with her ass just back and forth. And, so, and it was like perfect. And I was like, this is still funny. Like, it's it's just a different thing. But I would have never even got to experience this if I would have just stuck with the same The Ranch or whatever's popular yeah. and trending on Netflix. Yeah, I think a lot of people watch films or, or TV programs 
and they're just overly critical about it. If I watch a film, my overall goal is that at the end of the film or the, the TV program, I think, have I just wasted an hour and a half of my life or two hours of my life? And usually it's, no, do you know what? It wasn't the best film I've ever seen, but I enjoyed it. I've taken something away from it. And that's how I judge anything I watch. Uh, or most things I do, actually. But some people are just overly critical and, oh, well, it, you know, didn't like this about it, didn't like that about it. Well, did you enjoy the film? Yeah, it was all right. Well, there you go. Yeah, my buddy was like, let's go see Avengers Endgame. And I was like, I'd rather go see, uh, you know, another one that's not as popular in the movie theaters, you know? I I liked it. You know, I've only seen bits and pieces of Avengers Endgame, but like my one of my friends works at a movie theater. So we just show up and then I'm like, I'm done with this movie. I'm just going to hop into another movie. He's like, okay. And he just like walks away. Like they don't care. Nobody, honestly, at the movie theaters cares that much, it, especially like during wintertime down here. Everyone's just like, if you want to hop into another one, if you want to spend all day at the movies and just buy one ticket, go ahead. Because they're doing the same crap. I mean, they fall asleep in the projection room. They, yeah. you know, they're all just they're average everyday people working a job. So it's like, they're not that restrict on anything. Yeah. Um, except when it comes to movie posters, they're like, no, you can't have it. I'm like, why it's, you're going to throw it out anyway. They're like, no, I'm taking it actually home. I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, but it's like, it's, it's cool because like I, that's how I discovered a lot of movies that I would never have even taken the time to see. Like I love horror films, but I don't like the simple jump scare. No, um, no. That upsets me a little bit because I don't ever get scared at anything. I think more things that scare me is like when I see a mentally insane person like on the street. Yeah. Because I took psychology. So I'm like, oh, there's something wrong there in his life. Like that's what scares me is actual like human like trauma to the brain. Okay. And when I watch a scary movie, like there's nothing scares me. I'll be sitting there in a movie theater. Like I remember I went to go see, uh, what was it? Oh, it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. I think it was called. Uh, the visit or something. Oh yeah, with the grandparents. Yeah, the grandparents were there like crazy. Everybody in the theater was like, <gasps> like, 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 like they were little children. I looked over and my mom and my brother, who argue all the time, are literally cuddled up beside each other. I'm like, <laughs> my brother's 24 years old. I'm 21, okay. so I'm looking over. I'm like, are you like man the fuck up? And I'm like, I'm like watching the film, and I'm just sitting there like. This is this is just dumbest thing ever. You can tell when it's coming on. You can tell yeah. all this stuff, but then like later, like I was like, man, this is some weird things going on. These people are like mentally insane, and they find out that's not the grandparents. That's when I started getting nervous. I was like, yeah. oh shit, like this could be an actual scenario, and that's when I started like doing that. But like everybody's like, you know, the things that just jump out and get you like that, like the jump scares constantly. People are just like sitting there, like, oh. and I'm like, yeah. it's simple. It's like, where's the story to it? Where's the stuff I liked being when it was, it was like this long process, Lady in the Water, all these, you know, movies I really, really enjoy because like once it captures you with a story, like The Shining, like little pig, little pig, let me in. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, like Jack Nicholson, first of all, is fucking insane. He should yeah. be president because I'm pretty sure he's tried every drug and I'm pretty sure he's fucked <laughs> everybody. So there's nothing to implement him. But like yeah. seeing something like that, you know, that's what I like about movies too, is the character, the actor that goes into it. I mean, have you seen Christian Bale's weight trait, weight transformations and for his roles? Uh, I've seen the machine, the machinist. That's the one where he, I've seen where he almost lot. died of freaking yeah. weight. Yeah. Okay. So uh, 
he did something like his last one with like uh dick cheney he was like 250 pounds yeah. that man puts his body through hell yeah perform his roles I, I'm, I'm not comparing the two, but I, I remember it's not good for you. You know, it's, it's great. It's really, it's real commitment. But I remember reading that um, Tom Hanks had been uh, told he'd got diabetes or something. And he'd said that because of that, he wouldn't be doing any roles that, um, you know, meant that he had to drastically change his body weight because obviously he lost a lot of weight for um, Castaway, etc. cetera. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's insane that they do these things and, um, you know, they get paid well for it, I guess, but that's real commitment for their, to their craft. But, uh, I mean, that was probably, that was probably scary that, uh, Christian Bale lost that amount of weight for the machinist. That scene where he's there with his shirt off and he's sucking his stomach in and he's just all rib cage. It's scary. Yeah. He literally put on a hundred pounds in five months. He said, yeah, for Batman begins. Yeah, he said this in an interview. He was like to get in shape for Batman. Now, yeah. when they had him in Batman and Batman Begins when he's doing push-ups when he wakes out of bed, like when he came from uh I think it was he came from Machinist in the Batman Begins. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, he was when they were giving him like things to do on set to make him lose weight. That's when you see him doing push-ups when he wakes up out of bed. That was them trying to get him to like slim down a little bit because he literally walked on set and they were like, "Whoa." Like we said put on weight, don't bulk up like a bear batman's meant to be like lean not meant yeah. to be a giant like monster like of muscle and he was like well this is what i do and then someone um i remember he got a lot of flack from tmz a lot of people were like he's an asshole did you see him yell at that kid that didn't have the props concession stand up for him he's such a rich asshole i'm like no he goes out of his way to put his body through hell and go 100 percent into his craft and someone that's not doing their ability just to be able to do their job correctly he gets pissed off about because if he's putting in all that work then why does he have why does someone else have to do less yeah no i agree um He's got a bit of a bad reputation. I think, didn't he shout or, or um, assault one of his, like his mom or something or other a while ago uh, after one of the Batman movies? It, it, there was some bad press about that. Um, I mean, same Johnny Depp got accused of hitting his wife. Yeah. Which it is, turned out to what, be a money thing. Is that, what, is that definitely what it is? It was a money thing because apparently, uh, what's his name? Uh, I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast about it. Uh, it was forgot who the comedian is. Oh, my God, it's going to kill me because I just listened to him, too. American uh, or English? Or? He's an American. Doug Stanhope. So okay. Doug Stanhope is an actual friend of Johnny Depp. And he was like, there's no way in hell Johnny Depp is not the guy to hit his wife. And right. see, whenever you get called in a domestic disturbance dispute, like they immediately take the guy away um, because that's what they just assume, that you're the guy beating up on the woman. So, yeah. Even if it's a drastic situation, they just remove the guy from the scenario whenever they're called. They did not remove Johnny Depp from the house. They didn't do anything of that sort. So oh, right. Immediately, that was like, why didn't he get arrested or pulled out of there? And then it turns out like he didn't have a prenup. He didn't have any of that those things. And then they went, oh, okay. or she wanted a lot of stuff. So it was kind of a ploy for attention. Everyone said it was kind of, he was already talking about it heading that way, that she was going to want his money. And I'm like, the man... He's not going to, like, people are like, he's not going to be in Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm like, he's going to be in Pirates of the Caribbean 56, dude, because <laughs> he's buying houses like nobody's business. He owns like 35 homes and they're all billions of dollars worth and there's nobody living in them. He doesn't rent them out. He just owns them. Something that annoys me about that is that 
when something like that happens, you know, someone's accused of something or, you know, they've, I don't know, they've, they've been arrested or whatever. It's all right. Boycott their films. He should be, he shouldn't be cast in any more films. You know, there's this kind of uh, backlash where all these holier than that, than now people just instantly jump on them and say, right. Because uh, around that time, Johnny Depp was on, we've got a show over here called the, the Graham Norton show. And um, he has. I like Graham Norton. Yeah, I do. He's, he's, he's really relaxed with his guests. There's no, do you know what I mean? He has all these massive A-list stars on, but um, he, he's never kind of starstruck by any of them. You know, he's had Tom Cruise on multiple times. Are you a fan uh, of Tom Holland? Tom Holland? Um, yes and no. I, he, he seems to have this thing where everyone's saying he's the best uh, Spider-Man. No, Tobey uh, Maguire is the best Spider-Man. I, I'm the same. I, I liked uh, Tobey Maguire. Um, and I like those movies, you know, but... So um, I, I absolutely hate Tom Holland, but I have to show you this. Someone <laughs> okay. pointed out that I look like him. So I'm on the left. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Damn it. You've got... Obviously, you've got, you've got a hat and a hoodie on. So uh, that, now I yeah. see it. That is insane. My stepdaughter would love you. She is obsessed with Tom Holland. I hate Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally, like... So my buddy always said it, and I was like, no way. Then he sent me a picture of me from, like, Christmas... And then sent me a picture of Tom Holland on an airplane without makeup. And he's like, dude, they found you. And I put it up on my Instagram. And like everyone was commenting, like, I don't, what are you saying here? And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, it's just, what are you on a plane? You met some chick. I'm like, that is not me. They're like, oh my God, that's Tom Holland. And then I immediately got on the Twitter and people started retweeting it to Tom Holland. It got like 5,000 retweets. I'm like, if this is how I meet Tom Holland, this is a problem. <laughs> Well, it must be nice to know that if anything tragic happens to Tom Holland and the Spider-Man franchise is still going strong, you've got will, a good chance of staying. <laughs> I will run that shit. I will, no, I'd be like, look, I'm not, I would come out and straight up say it. I cannot beat Tobey Maguire. I'm sorry. You, there's, you cannot be 30 years old in a movie for a kid that's supposed to be 18 years old and make you believe that that person is 18 years old i watched toby Maguire and spider-man he's like in his like 29 like 30 almost and seeing him play in spider-man was like he looks like he was 18 years old he had the mm -hmm. mentality of an eight he felt, i felt such close relation but i watched tom holland i'm like this dude's fucking 26 he's not spider-man's age like he's not the average age for spider-man toby Maguire played it perfectly I, I like Tobey Maguire. Those films were totally different. You know, they were slightly more lighthearted. I think they've got a little bit, well, they went a bit darker with uh, The Amazing Spider-Man with um, Andrew Garfield uh, and lightened up a little bit with um, Tom Holland. But my biggest, I, don't get me wrong, I'm a massive Marvel movie fan. I love, I've seen all of those films. I loved Endgame, preferred Infinity War, but, uh, and I love all those, all those films. My, my issue with the new Spider-Man, like since they've rebooted it with Tom Holland, is that, and I never read all the comics, maybe it's based on the comics, but I don't like how Tony Stark, who Iron Man's my favorite Marvel film out of them all, but I don't like how Tony Stark's kind of credited with pretty much making Spider-Man Spider-Man. You know, I like the idea that Spider-Man became Spider-Man on his own, but they made Tony Stark a big piece of that, like with the suits and mentoring him and all that kind of thing. And um, I, I don't know, did that happen in the comics or, or did they just do that to integrate the two, the two film franchises? I'm not a 
big comic guy, but it, it, I mean, I definitely like the weird thing about comics is they're written by so many different people. So like there's yeah. one where the Wolverine gets killed by the Incredible Hulk. There's like, but that's not what's happening now. The problem is like, they're all different, like alternate timelines. So it's like, it all doesn't lead off into a story. It's not like a movie. Like if you watch Lethal Weapon, they're just back to back to yeah. back same storyline someone dies they can't be in the next one they can't be you know it's it's that type of concept but if you go to a comic book people are being brought back to life people are being (laughs) murdered like there's part deadpool murders everybody and i'm like what's happening and they're like it's just another artist's interpretation i'm like oh once somebody explained that to me it's like oh this isn't actually a long structure this is just a short story or what would happen if this happened yeah which kind of changes your concept how do you feel about the next Thor film apparently being Natalie Portman is going to become Thor? Have you heard about that? Ah, man, I did see a picture of that. I thought that was a joke. I don't know, no, man, because it was weird watching a little bit of Avengers Endgame and then seeing older Thor, like fat Thor. It's like, whoa. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I definitely think like it's crazy because like I still see Chris Evans as Captain America. I still see him as Human Torch. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So it's like I still can't get past that. I love those kind of things, though. I, I, I'm a bit of a, a nerd, so I like I like when there's little kind of um, crossovers, like Josh Brolin playing Cable in Deadpool Two, but also being Thanos uh, in uh, in Infinity War, you know, in, in Avengers. Um, you know, like you say, Chris Evans being Human Torch in one Marvel franchise, but then becoming Captain America in another. I, I like, like all that. You couldn't see Tony or Robert Downey Jr. playing anybody but Iron Man. Like if they put him in a different superhero thing, you're like, get get the fuck out, get back in your suit, yeah. Tony. Like that's all you would say. You, yeah. I, I think when you hire someone for that superhero role, you got to have them as that superhero. You can't just pull him out. It's just something. It's like I see it, but I'm like, damn. Like the weirdest thing is, you don't want to see superheroes diving into different masks and different things like that. You want them to think it's going to be that same guy over and over and over again, so you can actually bond with that character. Like I can't see anybody else playing Wolverine's role. Hugh Jackman, 100. Uh, percent Who did I read is is due to play him in a reboot? I hope nobody. I hope it's still Hugh Jackman. I hope he's 90 years old, still running around doing that <laughs> shit. Yeah, I, I I don't know if um you know Stephen Merchant. Do you know Stephen Merchant, the the really tall English guy? He did a lot of stuff with Ricky Gervais. Oh yeah, I do know Sticky. I do I do know him. He was in Logan. He was the the like the albino guy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he knows something that we don't, but I follow him on Instagram, and he he a little while ago put up some pictures saying if they ever re reboot the Marvel Cinematic U- Universe, and he was putting pictures of actors up of who he'd like to see play parts that are already being played by actors now. And, you know, the, I don't know his name, but you know the guy out of uh, Whiplash? And he was actually uh, Mr. Fantastic in the reboot of Fantastic Four. I don't know his Four. name, but I know who you're talking about. He put him up as Tony Stark, like, in a reboot. And I don't know, I don't agree with it. Uh, yeah. I can you, see it in the look, yeah. but not in the actual, like, I don't know, I don't think his demeanor is right for it. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is really hard probably to follow. That's like trying to fill, you know, like I was trying to fill some really big shoes. I couldn't picture anybody else being Batman besides Christian Bale now. What do you think of Ben Affleck? Ben Affleck? No comment. (laughs) Well, do you know what? I've got to say, when I heard that he was being cast, 
I was, right, I'm not watching this film. I, I've got nothing against Ben Affleck, but I just didn't see him as Batman. Growing up, I used to read the Batman graphic novels and comics. So I was, it was quite close to my heart. And I just thought, what have you done? Please, between now and when you make the film, recast that role. And I've got to say, I thought he did quite a good job because I don't know if you've read, read any comics, but I read a graphic novel called The Dark Knight Returns. And it's about an older Batman coming back after he's kind of got Gotham under such order that there wasn't any need for him. But he comes back in like his 50s and he's henchman. He's like really big. And uh, the suit was similar. And he played him very much like that, um, that graphic novel. I think it was Frank Miller did it. And I was proven wrong. The films were terrible. But I thought Ben Affleck as Batman was actually the best part of those films. The problem is when a guy's in a role and he's like, yeah, I'll do the next movie. And then they, they're like, wait a minute, we got a bigger budget now. Let's go for a better and bigger actor that's going to get more people to go see the thing. Then yeah. it's like, oh, you went for the money aspect of the movie, not trying to get the actual like good ass movie being created. Like a lot of people give Wolverine Origins crap. I'm like, it was a pretty good movie, I thought. I thought it was actually pretty I good. I like that film. Yeah. I didn't like what they did with Deadpool, but at the no. same time, I loved that they incorporated his brother. I think his brother needs a spinoff movie. Like his brother needs his own thing. Oh, like his, Sabretooth, yeah. His brother that would run like on his hands and legs like That's a dog. That's creepy. Like, that shit was <laughs> awesome, dude. Watching him run across the World War battlefield, just freaking trotting across the trenches. I was like, yo. Yeah. And then, like jumping over and just clawing somebody in the face. I'm like, it's savagery at its finest. Let's get that guy a movie. I think I read that. Uh, I, what's the guy's name? He's married to Naomi Watts, isn't he? Um, uh, did you ever see that film Goon? With Sean William Scott, the ice hockey film. Yeah, that's the, one of my all-time favorite hockey movies. I love. I the, love that film. I love the Last Enforcer, the new one they brought out. Yeah, that was quite good. I preferred the first one, but I, 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 I did, did too. But I mean, I'm telling you, man, when you get to see him age and you get to, they keep that aspect to it. Like now he's older and he's like, shit, like I can't keep up with these kids anymore. I'm like, that yeah. was a cool. Like I actually might watch that when we're done here. <laughs> that sounds yeah. That sounds like a good movie, man. I'm telling you, the first one was amazing because I remember yeah. when he got into the very first fight, and it's literally a movie that's all about beating the shit out of people. It's so graphic, and it, but you you just can't. It, it's uh, that's actually, do you know what? That might have to be one of my movie of the weeks because I'm forever telling people about that film and they've never seen it. I think they just think it's a sports film. I'm not into sports. I'm not watching it. But you don't have to be a sports fan. I'm not really a sports fan, but that film is so good. Um, I, love, I love it when um, the beginning, when the dude's like, jumps over the things like, you want a piece of me? And he says like, he says the word faggot and the guy's like, hey, my brother's gay. And he's like, <laughs> he's like supposed to be like, like kind of slow. Not really yeah. smart. So he's like, hey, my brother's gay. And the guy goes, motherfucker. And then goes to punch him in the face. And I hear is like the break of his knuckles and the dude's skull. Yeah. And just, ah, oh, and then brings his hand back. And the dude just freaking like starts punching him in the head, then headbutts him and breaks the dude's helmet. And he's just yeah. around. Everyone's like, Doug, Doug. Like that whole thing. Like that's how he got his start. And then when he hops on the ice skating rink, and like in the beginning, he's like, how you doing, coach? And he falls head first. And everyone's like, you know, you're not joining the fucking ice capades, right, buddy? And he's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like you're not uh, uh, the ice capades. And he's like, oh, spit it out. And he just goes, fuck it. And punches his own teammate in the face and then starts beating the crap out of half of his yeah. team. And it's such a good film. And, um, and it's, you know what I think it's a shame as well. Some people uh, judge Sean William Scott on Stifler, which, don't get me wrong, I love the American Pie films and I love I love that, that uh, character. But um, 
he's done so many different different roles, but if people don't like that Stifler character, they won't watch anything else that he's done. This is based on people I've spoken to. They're like, ah, oh, I didn't like Stifler. I said, just watch it. He's nothing like Stifler in this film. He's, he's completely different. Before um, I saw American Pie, I saw Dukes of Hazard. Oh, really? Okay. With Johnny Knoxville. Uh, so I saw him as playing Bo. He was the one that was driving yeah. the car. So, and I saw that. And then I saw like when he played in that movie with, um, I think it was Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan. Oh, yeah. Let's be cops. I've never seen that, you know. He freaking jumped, um, went to go. He's like, I can break in this house. I'll get the evidence for you. And he runs to do parkour up this thing, trips, <laughs> and then it hits his head on a brick wall and dies. <laughs> <laughs> no it way. Like, it was so freaking simple and i was like damn like that like but there's like moments like sean william scott's a really good he's actually one of my favorite actors um with the concept first of all when i saw goon i was like this movie was on netflix and it did not say like what's trending it was just there and you're like you come across like what's this movie because you see his name in it and then you click on it, you're like this is a really good movie like i remember the goalie after one of the things when he got hit in the face with the puck and everyone comes yeah. on the field to beat the shit out of the other team. And then the goalie's like, Bonsai, you motherfucker, and fucking <laughs> runs into him and like just like arms him right in the chest. And the dude just does like a backflip. And then they're in the they're, they're in the locker room. And he goes, Where's my fucking helmet? And he goes, We have your helmet right here. And he goes, um, <laughs> he has his mother's face posted all over his helmet. He yeah, goes, yeah, that's right. Skull, fuck your mother. And he's like, You Chernobyl motherfuckers. I love that. That whole like locker room commodity, like I was on, yeah. like I was, I, you know, I'm pretty sure any kid experienced the gym class and that locker room talk, like everything like that. It was a good way of exposing that in all like really short, brief little comedy bits. And I love that aspect of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's a great film. And um, it, do you know that the guy, I had found this out recently, do you know the guy that was in the second one, you know, his kind of nemesis, the guy that's sort of, I think he's taken over from him with the blonde hair. Uh, do you know that's... Um, Kurt Russell and Meg Ryan, uh, not Kurt, Meg Ryan, Kurt Russell and Goldie Horn's son. It's uh, Wyatt Russell, I think his name is. Who? The guy, the, the guy, I think he's, he's the guy that's sort of um, filling his shoes, basically, I think. He's a real asshole. Um, in the second one, in Last of the Enforcers, that guy is uh, Kurt Russell and Goldie Horn's son, Wyatt oh, Russell. Oh, he does look like him, too. I've seen I him in a couple of that. other things. Yeah, it's, I've seen him in a couple of other things that I'd seen him in previously and i was like no way that's that's kurt russell's son what do you think about zombie land too uh do you know what Zombieland is one of my favorite films um i've been waiting forever for zombie me land too. too i i remember years ago that they were talking about doing a sequel and it was in development for a long time and it didn't happen and i think they did a tv show uh a short-lived tv show uh, so when I heard that all the original cast had signed back on for, for a second movie, I've got super excited about it. I just, I'm just really hoping that it's not a letdown because I like the first one so much. I think we're all going to enjoy it because they're definitely going to have more Tallahassee in it. Uh, Woody Harrelson. Yeah. I just saw a band thing. Apparently his son, I think, is in a band because I see uh, – I just watched celebrities read mean tweets on my phone this morning. So okay. there was one where they had a band edition, and this dude looked exactly like Woody Harrelson's kid. I mean, looked exactly like Woody Harrelson. I was like, is that fucking Woody Harrelson? And I started looking it up. It's like, that's his son. I was like, whoa, that yeah. is weird. Like, I did not know that was a thing. But, like, that's, like, the same thing when I saw Straight Out of Compton, and they had for Ice Cube, they had his son play and okay. looked exactly like Ice Cube. You're like, whoa. 
that he's, is like damn good acting. Woody Harrelson's great. He's he's such a good actor to do such um, you know diverse roles. Uh, do, do you ever see that film Kingpin? The Farrow yeah, where it scared me of ever reaching into a ball return. <laughs> Well, uh, I loved him in that. But then you think that, do you know, I've never seen Natural Born Killers. It, it's a film I've never seen. I, I keep intending to watch it, but just haven't seen it. But uh, I liked him in, have you seen the um, the Planet of the Apes trilogy, the latest trilogy? Yeah. Uh, I liked him in the third one. I thought he was really good in that. He was playing that serious role. He pulls off He pulls off that bad thing and the comedic thing so well. He's just re- a really good actor. Yeah, it's really strange too. Like, I... Well, Planet of the Apes, the concept of it, it's really good because that is actually an impending fear. I think a lot of people yeah. are afraid of that apes are actually going to take over. Look, I've been to the zoo and I, I this is where I say maybe we come from like an ape species because I watched a gr- or a monkey pick up a stuffed animal teddy bear and immediately start jacking off with it. <laughs> I was like, that is exactly what a human would do at that primal state. Like, that's the first thing. Like, that's where you can tell they closely relate to us. But like, when there comes to like that movie where they just give them a chemical and they're able to talk, I was watching that. I'm like, chimpanzees, they're brutal as hell. Did you hear about that? Uh, the guy that got killed by a bunch of chimpanzees? No, no. This was like a couple of years ago, but a guy made a birthday cake for uh, one of his favorite chimpanzees at the zoo. And he gave it to the specific monkey and all the other monkeys got jealous. You know what they did? What? They beat the shit out of the other monkey, killed it. What? And then they broke out of their enclosure and they literally killed the guy. And by the the way they kill people is the, the way monkeys fight, um, they're different from gorillas. Gorillas actually jump and bang into each other. Like they fly at each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and they just use brutal force. Monkeys, they go for what you need and what you they know will like truly cripple you. So they'll rip your dick off. They'll rip <laughs> your fingers off. Like they bit the dude's fingers off, ripped his crotch off. They ripped them to shreds. What? And all because they got jealous because he gave us one of the other monkeys a cake and didn't give him one. Oh, shit. Sorry, losing you. Losing you. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, it, but they literally killed him because he literally gave a monkey a cake and favoritized another monkey. The, the, the thing about, about uh, chimps and, and anything like that is they're so, um, uh, they're just, just animals. They're just absolute, just carnal. I don't know if that's the right word, but just so unpredictable. And, you know, you've seen them before where they're bringing their, their fists down and, they, you know, they're just beating things to a pulp. And there's just so much power there. You just know that they, they, are, they could overpower you so easily. Um, they, there's that whole, oh, this, you know, and they, they're, they're cute and all that, but they are, they're, they're terrifying at the same time. Well, it's, it's a primal aspect to them too. Like if you see a gorilla- Primal, that's, that's the word, yeah. If you get to see a gorilla bang his chest and like, you know, claim dominance, you see a lot of guys try and do that nowadays in like the supermarket. <laughs> like they try and cut in front of you in the checkout line. <laughs> like, all right, man. Like, okay. Not yeah, really yeah. Do it that much. But it's, it's crazy to see that because you got to see a lot of, I wouldn't say underdeveloped people, but a lot of people that just try and go by their like most alpha characteristic by trying to be the most masculine, be the most this. It's like we come from something. Is it so far off to think that maybe we came from apes? I mean, come on. I'm not saying it's true, but I'm saying like if you look at anything, we relate way too much to the beings around us. Like 
where you look at Africa, they learned, we learned off basically the animals around us, our environment around us. So we learned to hunt like the animals we have here. In Africa, there was a warlord named General Butt Naked that used to go underwater and wait for kids to go swim in the river. And he used to come up and grab them, drag them underwater, snap their necks and kill them. Yes. And yeah, well, it's a, he, there's a story on Netflix about it called The Redemption of Butt Naked. He actually, but what people hear that, they go, that man's a savage. I'm like, if you watch his documentary, he talks about his morals were different. He learned off yeah. watching the animals around him. So animals in Africa, the common ones that hide underwater and wait for their prey to come up to the river to drink are alligators. So he learned off of alligators. They learned how to kill people from that. We learned yeah. off things like common animals in America, like bears, um, you know, like uh, wolves, these types of things. You go for the kill, you go for the neck, you go for the throat, you go for that type of thing. That's how we kind of survive. But you look down there, they're all about like lions ripping apart the shreds and those types of things. So it's a completely different lifestyle. This is where I tell people like everyone's morals in every country is different. They have a, a right way of acting and a wrong way of acting. This can go back to the beginning of what you were saying when um, the helicopter was paid for or you had to pay it out of your own thing because you had some type of extra bonus that you got from yeah. like in, a, a policy. So that comes from what's happening now in China um, that's supposed to be established in 2020 with their social credit score. I don't know if you've ever okay. heard about this. I just learned no, about really. this a couple days ago. But okay. apparently, they have a social credit system where you can buy a house if you have good social credit. What they mean by social credit is if you stop for pedestrians, if you pay your bills on time, if you do this, that's how you get credit. That's how the America judges you. If you have bad credit, such as missing payments, such as taking out loans and never paying them back, such as not stopping for pedestrians, also kind of if you were up at two o'clock in the morning mowing your lawn and your neighbor decides to call it in, your neighbor can get better social credit by ratting you out, but you get worse social credit and they can actually make sure you can't pull out a loan. You can't get your, your kids into school. You can't do these types of things that holds you back in society. That is a good idea, but the problem is it creates a society of snitches. It yeah, creates yeah. a bunch of people to be like, I saw Wayne out in his yard at two o'clock in the morning mowing his grass. And then if they catch you one time doing that, then every time that person calls, even when you're in bed sleeping, they're still going to call and say that. And then they're going to come over and be like, we know you were outside, man. We don't believe you because you get discredited. So then now when people pull out loans, they don't pay them back. When people get called, they're put on a blacklist. So when you call the person on who's on a blacklist, immediately you hear in Japanese, this person, woman say, translated that goes, warning, the person you are calling is untrustworthy. If you have any dealings with this person, if you have any contact with this person, just know that they have been known not to pay back or be an untrustworthy person. Please tell them to pay back their debts. And then it would proceed you to the call. But you'd hear a police siren during the call, like all that stuff, because they're, they're they just blacklist you. I'm like... They're, they want to implement that in 2020, and now America's kind of thinking about it too. And other countries, Australia, I know the UK was looking at it, but I don't know if they're going to dive into it just yet because they don't want to know what happens with China. But imagine being judged on your actions that you do in society. Mm -hmm. You know how many fucking fake people there would end up being in the world today, like acting nice yeah. just to get good credit? Yeah, I, I didn't think about it. This is the first I've heard about this, but that's actually a really good 
thought is, yeah, you are going to get people doing that just to, to get better credit. We'd it's, be in trouble in this country. It's Uber. It is fucking Uber. Yeah. They give you yeah. a five-star rating and you got good credit. Like, that's all it is. The more people are going to want to ride in your car because you got five-star credit. I, I'm that's literally, insane. like, listening to this. And I'm like, I researched it before I was on a podcast where some dude had me on to, as a guest to talk about it. You know, he does the Uncanny Earth. He's a really good guy. And I'm sitting there like, I don't know a thing about it, but I'm going to do some research before I come on. I learned so much in a matter of three hours. Where I'm like, it is a good, good concept. But it, yeah. the problem is you put too much faith in humanity. And humans tend to be a little bit of assholes sometimes. Yeah. Most of well, that's it. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. There's probably more, more of those than, than the opposite. But uh, that's, that's an insane idea. That's the first I've ever heard of that. Like I said, when you when you start doing like podcasts, like you definitely should look into doing Zoom too, because you can use this program to get more guests on your show, especially from around. The, I'll come onto your podcast, man. Yeah, yeah. If you ever want to shoot the shit about something, especially if you're, I know you're thinking about changing the dynamic of it, but you know, if you find out what you want to do, you can have questions run by me, dude. At the first, I never thought it was going to be where it's at right now. I don't even think it's going to last another day, but every day it keeps on. Yeah, going. The audience keeps increasing. See, the thing is. You just got to realize you got to be out there and kind of as long as you're being able to kind of enjoy it as well. Um, it's not creating a workload onto you to the point where you feel like you're you, you just have to create these episodes. Then it's as long as it's fun for you, then someone's going to love that about it. Because once you lose, like once it feels like you're droning on, you know, a lot of people are like, it's difficult to have just a guest you don't know on because you don't know what they're interested in. I'm like, I haven't had a problem so far. I'm pretty good at telling uh, what people are interested in, just having conversations with people. You know, I don't cut out anything, so there's never any dead air. I'm just good at, I have ADHD, so it's like I have a okay. million questions to ask. I can ramble on for hours. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, that's the thing, I suppose. It's, it's doing it for the right reasons, you know. And, and I am doing it for, the, for my own reasons, but obviously when, when, you, when you start to question whether anyone's even listening, um, I guess that's when you start thinking, oh, is it worth me doing it? But, you know, if if the only thing that comes out of it is I have a bit of fun and then I get to listen back to these podcasts in years to come, um, you know, and think, oh, I had some funny conversations or interesting conversations with this person, that person, then it was worth doing for that reason. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you at least taking an hour or so to be on my No, podcast. no, that's cool. And I want to give you a minute here at the end to promote your own stuff so people can find your awesome content. Okay, cool. Uh, so my podcast is called The Green Room Podcast. Um, uh, there's a few of them out there, uh, it, it seems. But uh, mine, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I'm on Podbean, iTunes, Acast, CastBox, Spotify, all, all, those, all those ones. And the podcast is kind of just me getting a friend around, sitting on the sofa, talking about a few random topics. Uh, there's a couple of funny features in there, names you wouldn't call your baby, which again was from a conversation we had at work, just like how there are certain names that kind of are dying out because they suit adults, but you just wouldn't call a baby Brian, for instance, you know? So uh, I asked I asked like, my guest um, for, for, for a name each episode, things like that. And it's just, it is just me catching up with friends about things that they want to talk about and I want to talk about. But I also video it and I put the, just the highlights up on the Facebook page. So, uh, you know. That's awesome, man. I mean, imagine calling a kid Beowulf. <laughs> well, I've had, I've had uh, Adolf, Adolf, Adolf and uh, Megatron. Uh, I've got a friend Megatron. who's a big... Megatron. I know. No. 
You're looking, best- you're looking at that kid to kill a bear when it breaks into the. <laughs> like- but my, yeah, that, that's my best mate. He's uh, he's a big '80s and big Transformers fan, so I should have known that that was coming. But uh, there, there are normal ones. We've had Trevor, Brian, uh, yeah, but we also had Adolf and uh, and. <laughs> you don't want to name that? like you. I said Regis. Regis, so, yeah. You don't yeah. want to name like Joe or like like my name Rob. You know, it's it's freaking average. I don't want to be the average Joe. I want to be the freaking guy that has a name like Leonardo or something <laughs> that's like difficult where I can give like a cool nickname. Like my middle name's pretty uh, eccentric, but like, ah, man. What is it? Oh, God. I hate, really hate saying it. It's so old. It's old style. It's called Sebastian. My that's middle name. Cool. Yeah, my okay. mom's like, we would have called you Bass. I'm like, you know how much fucking cooler that is than Robbie? <laughs> Like you would have called me Bass. She's like, yeah, I just that would have been your nickname. Like, yeah, it's Bass. And I'm like, that, that Bass or Bash? That could have been my nickname. And you called me Robbie instead. So I got picked <laughs> on for being called Robbie Robertson. Thank you very much. Oh no, okay, I got you. Well, my real name's Robert. So then when my teacher would say my name, she'd be like, Robert Robertson. I'm like, why are you saying it like that? Just pronounce it. Just pronounce it. It's not difficult. That's brilliant, Robert Robertson. It shouldn't be funny, but it is. <laughs> yeah, no. I just say the name's so nice, you say it twice. So then it's like, yeah, throws yeah. off a little bit of steam off my ass. <laughs> well, my name's dying out. I, my, the reason I started it was because it was based on a conversation where I'd seen a thing on Facebook, I think, where it was a list of names that hadn't been registered uh, by, say, August or September anywhere in the world up to that, uh, it, during that year. And my name, Wayne, was on that list of names that hadn't been uh, listed as any baby names in the world up until that that uh, that far into the into the year. Did you get a lot of flack from your friends when they would go Wayne's World, Wayne's World? A little bit, Excellent. yeah, yeah. It's kind of it died out, sort of, uh, you know, over the years. But yeah, when that film was popular, I got that all the time. I still get it now, occasionally. Man, I'm telling you, dude, it's been awesome chatting with you, man, for real. Yeah, you too. Yeah, it's been I, great. I, definitely, if you need like any help or anything on your podcast, let me know. I'll be more than happy to apply. I'll definitely do it. I'll just keep in touch anyway. Just sort of, I'll keep in touch, you know, follow your podcast and just send you the odd message every now and again, maybe. Right on. Yeah, send me the occasional dick pic. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no worries. <laughs> well, thanks for being on this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast and stay tuned for the next episode.